Before we get started, I want to tell you guys about my dog, Izzy. So if you're familiar with this show, and if you listen to it to the very end, there's always a dog that barks. I tell him to shut up, and he barks again as if trying to put in the last word. Something that happened by accident, but I decided to keep it as a sound clip, and it will forever play at the end of every episode. About a month ago, I would mentioned that uh, I was getting worried about him. You know, I've, I'm his human. I've, uh, I'm the one that he picked to protect him, to take care of him, to attend to his needs. But I took him in because he had, uh, he's been losing weight in his mouth. You know, he has, he's old. He's 14, 14 years old. His mouth had the teeth, teeth problem. So he'd lost most of his teeth. And then he had one that was really bad, kind of abscessed and it started rotting. It, it smelled terrible. Like small dogs always have like really bad breath. You know, sidebar, when I had COVID, I smelt his mouth to make sure I had COVID. I go, I can't smell anything. Yep, I definitely have COVID. But small dogs always have bad teeth. And one of the things that I have I say every time I look at him and see him like scraping his face on the ground is, man, I wish I would have. I wish we would have just ponied up and paid for his teeth cleaning. So as he loses his teeth, I feel like terrible about it. And he's been on dry dog food for, gosh, I would say a year, but it, it's probably been two years. Uh, expensive dog food. So when he's sick, I'm the one who does all the research. I'm the one who notices. I'm the one who throws a temper tantrum when I find mixed nuts on the floor or grapes on the floor because grapes are highly toxic to dogs, especially small ones. Nuts are terrible for them too. Like, not just not good for them, but really bad for them. So I was always that Nazi. But um, we took him in. You know, we were waiting on his, his surgery. Originally, they scheduled it for November. And then I had called them a few weeks ago. I said, look, he's not doing good. I can tell his teeth hurt. We just had him in there, and you guys, you know, his, his teeth were loose. Is there anything you could do? So they made a few phone calls, and they got us moved up. And they got us moved up again to last Thursday. But he just was not. He, he'd stopped eating. Right after we got back from Cape Cod, it was that Monday, Labor Day. Monday was the last time he had a real meal. Prior to that, he just wasn't eating as much. And I would chop his food down to these tiny pieces so he'd, he'd eat them better because I knew his mouth was in pain. So fast forward, and he's just he's losing weight. We take him into the doctors, and they say, okay, he needs to gain about a quarter of a pound. We take him back, and then they say he's actually lost weight. Two weeks ago, I took him in there, and he was 4.4 pounds. And he stopped eating, but he kept drinking water. And we, I went, I went to the vet and told them about it. And they, they sold me this recovery fluid. Thank God for the recovery fluid because it's soft pate is what they call it. And then there was liquid form. It looked like muscle milk. Like it looked like a, like an energy drink for people in a smaller container. It's kind of chocolatey looking. Uh, didn't smell very good, but, um, it got to the point where Izzy couldn't really open his mouth consistently. So I found a little flap. I found an opening in between his, his gums, his, his tooth gap from missing all his teeth. Probably the only positive of him losing his teeth is that I could utilize that space. So I kind of peeled the hair, his hair back on his face while he was laying there and you know, filled the syringe up full of this fluid and gave him some. I don't think he liked it. 
but he needed it, so he drank it, and he didn't have any say on the matter anyway. But he didn't really fight. Usually he fights, and I could just tell each day he was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And it got to the point where I can pretty much do whatever I wanted wanted to him. And I knew that was like a sign. It's like, damn it, this, you know, he. I take him out to get the mail, and he used to wait for me, and now I was, I was waiting for him. I was like, oh, he doesn't want to get the mail now. I'm jingling the keys in front of his face, and he doesn't want to do it. Then he'd get up, and you'd hear the pitter patter of his little feet on the hardwood floor, and he'd stare at me. Then I knew it was time to go outside. Last couple of times I took him out, he just wasn't going anywhere. He'd use the restroom and just stare, sit there and or stand there and watch me go to the mailbox and come back. After the recovery fluid, he started uh, feeling better. His eyes got more wide. He got a little bit more alert. Um, the other day I was down in the kitchen. We're all down in the kitchen, and I looked up and noticed that he was doing his normal creepish thing and just staring at us from the top of the steps. I got a good chuckle. But um, once I got the recovery fluid... They called me back and said, hey, we can get him in next Monday. So then my, the, the mission was, since he hadn't eaten, to make it through the weekend. If we could just make it through the weekend, we can take him to the doctor on Monday. We knew there was a risk if he went under for surgery, his body would be too weak because he does have um, a heart murmur. It was discovered after I had mentioned that I was worried about him and we got blood tests that he has early stages of kidney disease which is common still hard so i knew there was this you know this possibility but we just needed to get to monday so we made it through the weekend and he just was so weak by the time we put him on the scale monday he was four pounds he hasn't weighed four pounds since he was probably 10 months old so my wife yvette she had to go to work that day so we met at the at the vet and um checked him in and he was kind of alert his head was kind of up and he was kind of looking around which anytime he showed signs of life i was just ecstatic i just you know so we checked him in and waited for the call a couple hours later about his condition and i was dropping off a set of wheels and um got the call from the vet pulled over to talk to them and while they had him under extracting his teeth, because that's what he was in for, teeth extraction, you know, get rid of that nasty abscess tooth, because it was, it was awful. It just, it smelled so bad. Worse than a typical small dog's breath. Like you just, it was, it was disgusting. And um, while he was in there, he discovered that as he had advanced cancer in his gums and it had eaten away at a lot of his, his jaw which explains kind of why his teeth were kind of floating. And I was, God, just the thought of that, how much pain was my dog in? So we talked about it. I, uh, I had to make the tough decision to put down Mr. Waggles. I'd asked the, the vet, hey, can we be there? And he said, well, and if you can get here like right now because I'm kind of in mid-surgery and and I already knew it. he's got a whole whole day's worth of stuff. I know that because they're, all these veterinarians, they're scheduled months out. And originally Izzy was a couple months out, and, and he just got moved up the, the list for being an emergency case. So I held it in. And, um, you know, it, it was knowing that he had that condition made it easy to make a decision. 
even though it was a, it was it's not a hard decision for me. It wasn't a hard decision. You know, people always say it's the it's the toughest decision ever, and I've never had to deal with it. But it's part of life. You know, realistically, the last couple of weeks I've been researching. You know, you know, how do you know when it's time to put your dog down? You know, what are the signs of this? What are the signs of that? Are you are you keeping your dog alive for you? Or are you keeping your dog alive for for them? You know, what's the quality of life look like? Because even without the the mouth issue, his hip was kind of getting weak. I'd watch him, you know, because again, I paid attention to everything this dog did, and um. You know, what was hard wasn't the decision. It's hard knowing that you had to make it. It's hard realizing that everything's going to change the last 14 and a half years. And, and some of you have pets and some of you don't. Some of you have cats you love. Um, I've had cats my life. Controversy. I don't think you could ever love a cat as much as you could ever love a dog. They're different. Izzy was the first small dog I've ever had. Every dog we had growing up were big dogs, medium to big dogs, and my parents were always the ones around in the very end. Because at that time in my life, you know, you grow up with your family pet, parents get more pets, you become best friends with the with the pet, but you move on because the pet's at home with your parents. So this is the first time in my adult life, and um, it was very tough. I held it together. All the way home, I said, just be strong. You had to do it. It's the right choice. It's the right choice. Came home to my mother-in-law. She lost it. My wife was busy at work. I sent her a text message, please call me when you get a chance. And as she started calling me, I cried. I lost it. And I had to gather, gather myself so I could answer the phone. So off and on a little bit throughout the day. And then uh, I was good. I was good. But I tell you what. That first walk to the mailbox, for those of you who know me from the Jay Travels page, those of you who have followed the Jay and Mr. Waggle show from way back in the Snapchat days, know that he looks forward to one thing and one thing only every day, and that's getting the mail. And so I walked to get the mail by myself. And it's not the first time I've gone to get the mail by myself, but it's the first time knowing that my dog is nowhere. He's, he's gone. And I kind of stood there at the corner and felt a couple tears coming down and gathered myself, got the mail, came back in the house, came up to my office where I'm sitting at right now and started bawling. And it's so hard for people to understand who don't have that connection. There's a lot of us that we, we love our pets, whether it's a cat, dog, uh, if you own a lizard, you know, whatever, that's, but something that can show you affection, even if it's not real, that's, you know, that's what it is. That's what it's all about. And, I mean, with Mr. Waggles, let me tell you how he got his name. When I was working a full-time job at the hospital, the first hospital job I ever had, I was working 3 to 11.30 or 3 to 12.30, 2 to 11.30. That was my shift. I never worked a day shift when I was there for four years. And every day I would come home late at night, everybody in the house would be asleep. My wife wasn't up, kids knocked out, and Izzy was right there on the steps looking at me, wagging his little tiny tail at 100 miles an hour. That's where he got the nickname Mr. Waggles. I've given him 100 nicknames, but that's where he got Mr. Waggles. But not having Mr. Waggles hurt like hell. But I was good. I thought I was good. 
And I've had friends, really close friends, lose their pets. And I've always felt, you know, God, you know, I know what it's like because, you know, Licorice was the dog growing up and Smokey was my best friend dog, you know, growing up. But I don't know what it was like until I know what it's like now because this is the first time I have been the one to make the decision. And, and you know, it's just, it's different. It's different thinking about how much pain my dog was in. And, I mean, sure, it's just a pet, right? It's just a dog. But, I mean, it's just, if you think that, then you've never felt that. And if you've never felt that, then you can't understand. He chose me to be his his human. He was around me all the time. And he, like, there's other people, too. I mean, he was kind of an asshole, but he, you know, it was clear at the end of the day he always looked to me. And these past few weeks, I would just lay down next to him on the floor and just you know, ask him what's wrong. And I, I would just like, I, I, I'm not naive to think that he could actually really tell me, but I've said it out loud, you know, is he, tell me what's wrong. Let me know what you want. Let me know what you need. I just want to help you. And, um, it's tough knowing that he, he was probably trying to tell me that something wasn't right. A couple of weeks ago, he, um, you know, I, my, my brain is, my brain is kind of like programmed over the last 14 years. It's almost like, you know how a, a, a human can hear a baby crying and you, you wake up. With Izzy, his little footsteps on the hardwood floors would always make me wake up because I didn't know if he was throwing up somewhere, if he had to go outside and go pee because he was old. And every time he does something, I get yelled at for it. Jay, your dog. It's funny. Sometimes he would take a shit in the shower. We have a walk-in shower. And, like, I'm programmed myself. When I get up in the morning, I look. If I get in the shower, I look down. I look everywhere. It's like, okay, what? what did he do anything? Okay, no. Most of the time, almost, almost all the time he didn't. But every once in a while, if he wasn't feeling good, he would walk into our shower and he would shit all over the place. And it's, it's funny because... Sometimes I can hear Yvette screaming from down the hall and I know she stepped in some poop because she doesn't, she did it just, she loved Izzy. She cried a lot when he passed, but she never programmed herself around him and his needs and the awareness. So it was always a little funny. I had to clean it up most of the time. She does every once in a while, but you know, I'm the one who took him to all his doctor's appointments, his haircut appointments, did all the research, bought him all the expensive food because I cared because I know he was looking for me to be that person. And this is going on a lot longer than I ever anticipated it to be. And you know what? You're just going to have to listen to it because this is the non-automotive automotive podcast and car people have pets too. You're damn right. In fact, this was just going to be a warm opening and now it's just, Turning into its own episode. It got it hurt going to get the mail without him. But you know what? Tonight, tonight, this is the this is the day after. This was September twelfth when he passed. It's September thirteenth right now that I'm recording this opening. Oh, the first night it was really tough. The second night, I went to get the mail and I was fine because I had already cried about it the first night. And when he went to the doctor, I took his bed. He has a well, he has a donut bed. You guys look it up, donut bed for pets. It's a super soft. You've seen it a million times on my social media, depending on which page you follow. Jay Travels, it's 
I used to always just take photos of him sleeping in his pillow or his uh, his donut bed because I bought one that's gray like him. It's fuzzy like him. It almost looks like him, but he had thrown up on it. You know, some of the food that I had fed him through the syringe had got on there, you know, and I was like, you know, and he's kind of crusty on certain parts. I was like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and wash that. So when he gets back from the veterinarian, he has a clean bed. Obviously never came back, but uh, I put it in the, the wash and just left it there. I think if I'd asked where it was, I told her it was in the washing machine. But you know, tonight I went to take the trash out, and it was sitting there in the laundry room. And I kind of touched it and closed my eyes and didn't cry. Then went and took, took the trash out, came back in, and grabbed the pillow and brought it upstairs with me. Yvette asked me, what are you going to do with that? I go, well, I'm either going to put it in my office or I'm going to throw it away. And I told her, I said, you know, it it's probably sounds pretty crazy, but if you hug the pillow, it's therapeutic. She never really hugged Izzy. I I am the only one that picked him up ever. Not never, because every once every blue moon, like he hated Marcelo, although he was actually Marcelo's dog to begin with. He didn't like Jaylene. My mother-in-law picks him up sometimes, but she's weak as hell. And sometimes he's just like, get off me. But I picked him up probably 10 times a day. I carried him around in my arms, and I just... Just one more time, I just wanted to smell the top of his head and kiss him on his head. I probably kissed that dog 30 times a day, no no lie, from the point when he was a puppy even. I remember Marcelo asked me, why do you always give the dog a kiss? I go, I don't know, because I want to. I'd pick him up, hold him, and just before I put him down, I'd always give him a kiss. Kiss on his head, put him on the floor. Always. You imagine how many I gave him the last couple of weeks? I was giving him a bath or petting him or wiping the boogers out of his eyes and trying to feed him and comforting him. But I just wanted to do that one more time. So I squeezed his bed because it felt like him. I closed my eyes and imagined I was squeezing him. I kissed the bed, imagining that I was kissing my dog. And I started crying. Turned around, left the room, came into my office, sat down and kept crying a little bit. But not nearly as much as yesterday, because yesterday was the first day. But um, I needed that. As weird as that sounds, I, I needed that. Because although it was just a donut bed pillow, and it clearly wasn't Izzy, that was where you could find him most of the time in the house, was on that bed, either in my office or in our bedroom, depending on what time of day it was. Because I would drag his ass while he was sleeping from the bed. So the bed, I would just drag the bed across the hall into the room. And he would kind of look up like, what the hell's going on? Izzy Ito, January 12th, 2008 to September 12th of 2022. He will be missed. This is Hard Parking brought to you by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. As of course, as you heard in the opening, I am your host, Jay Finning. I don't even know if I said my name, but by now you all should know who I am. Again, major shout out to my dog. Um, man, Cape Cod. Didn't really get an opportunity to talk about it before. I uh, don't have a lot of time to talk about it right now, but it was our 18th year wedding anniversary. And man, it's hard. It's hard to be inventive. 
It's hard to be inventive 18 years. I always kind of look at those couples and they're, they've been together forever. And in public, they're inseparable. And you, you wonder what it's really like at home, you know, or, you know, am I like everybody else? You know, you, the longer you do it, the more you struggle, but you know, you don't fall out of love. It's just hard to be inventive. But my wife, a laptop, she's always complaining about her laptop, bought her new one. God, man, the lobster, ate a lot of lobster. Um, Here's the deal. We love seafood. I love seafood. But we went to, you know, some of the best places when we went to uh, Nantucket. Went well watching too. I saw a lot of whales. But went to Nantucket and uh, went to this this lobster place. And, we, you know, we're, you, you walk in and it's like 150 live lobsters. It's a really small kind of locally owned place. You pick out what you want and they cook it, which is great. It's fresh. Better be. It's an island on the ocean. But we get this stuff called uh, steamers. So you get the, the bag of steamers. It's mussels and like razor clams, stuff like that. Now we like mussels. Mussels uh, cooked in like reduction white wine, you know, sauce, mussels and noodles, all that stuff. So we get this <laughs> We get this bag. Got a lobster sandwich. It was fat. It was good. It was expensive. We get this bag and we're looking and the clams and the mussels, you know, you know they're fresh because... They open as you steam them. If they stay closed, they were already dead. Don't pry them open. And no one opens them before you cook them. You just don't do it. But I'm looking in like the, the clams. They got like this. It looks like goose shit. Just the way it looks. Imagine opening a clam or grabbing a clam. And it's almost like a cigarette butt looking back at you. But like an old one that's been floating around in the water. The swamp. It was not very appetizing. So I would get my little fork and I'm kind of pulling at it. And it's just, it looks like a loogie. And I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. Ugh, I don't know about this. And then the mussels, they all had like these big beards on them. That's what they're called. Like Google mussels was two S. We're not talking strength here. Beards. It looks like hair and it's, it's super dense. And I guess you have to like take the beard and kind of pull it down a certain angle. But I, I guess there's different muscles. And Yvette and I looked at each other and we're like, uh, I tried to eat one of each and I just was picking at it. And, you know, it's a fresh seafood place. You know, went in Rome, do as the Romans do. We didn't eat it, but I took the foil that we got because we were kind of sitting outdoors. And uh, I wrapped the whole thing up in foil and we threw it away. So we wasted some good money. But, uh, God, it was just, I don't know. I don't know if I want muscles again anytime soon. And I prefer my clams in clam chowder. But we rented a car. I got an Infinity Q50. Now, I haven't had an Infinity Q50 in a long time. It's a four-door. I actually like I actually like the Infinity Q50. But back when I had one as a rental 2017, 2018, no CarPlay. You guys know it. No CarPlay, no J. Infinity now has this in, like, all their vehicles. I think starting in maybe 2020, they had CarPlay. And with that, you know, the car was a lot nicer. You put it in sports mode. Um, but it did have everything I needed. But there's a difference. I think before, maybe I had like a Q50S. You guys could chime in if you know. Felt different. Either I've been driving around in sporty cars too much, or this regular Q50 just isn't that sporty. And I, had, I couldn't quite figure out which one it was. It did the job. We drove all around uh, Cape Cod, went up to the lighthouse. Um, I went up for the the chips, right, the, the kettle chips. But it was a different lighthouse. And I didn't realize it until I posted it on social media. And a friend kind of called me out and they go, oh yeah, wrong lighthouse. 
But you know what? I rent the Q50 again, of course, especially I know it has CarPlay. It's a nice, like Infinities are nice. Definitely nice. But that's all I got for you guys. Let's get into some car news. Within the past week or so, the internet kind of blew up. Car and Driver and a few other publications. Honda Sports Car Spied looks like a baby NSX. This is a compact two-seater. Kind of looks, I don't know, it was posted on some of the, the pages that I follow on uh, on Facebook, you know, like NSX pages. And some people liked it, some people didn't. Uh, my opinion on it is kind of cool. It's definitely, it definitely looks better than some of the other vehicles in its class. Some of the other smaller, sporty um, EVs. Well, come to find out, this isn't a baby NSX. In this article by Joe Lorio, Car and Driver, update 912 of 22, we were informed by many readers that the car is our bleary-eyed staffer spotted. Okay, so we were informed by many readers that the car that their staffer spotted is a design from actually a few years ago. Sometimes the thrill of discovery turns out to be not so thrilling after all, but it did give us an opportunity to hear from one reader, Sebastian Clark, who wrote, I worked on the Honda Sport in 2012 at the Pasadena Honda Advanced Studio. I modeled the scale model with Christopher Dickhoff. 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 Brian O., now at Canoe, was the designer under the studio direction of Jason Wilbur. A lot of name dropping here. The scale model was then scaled up directly to produce a non-running prototype. This project was great and would have been great for Honda. Low-cost, lightweight, simple, proven technology, analog settings. It was actually meant as a replacement for the S2000, not the NSX. Hope this helped. Caption, it did. So this thing is gray. You can kind of look it up. If you want, look up Honda Spied or Honda Mini NSX Spotted, and you'll see kind of this gray, this gloss gray, very futuristic concept looking thing, kind of like a, it's a two-door kind of a hatchbacky thing. You can tell looking at it, the A-pillars, it's impossible. They don't make cars like that yet. It's it's obviously a drawing. Well, obviously based off a of render. But I think it looks pretty cool. And I also think that it's not too far off what or where we're going. Do we need a mini NSX? I don't, I don't know. I don't think we do. There's been cars in the past that people called mini NSX. You know, the S2000, I think people called a mini NSX. The Integra Type R of the late 90s, the DC2 Integra Type R, I think people were calling a mini NSX. But, you know, I, I think that, I don't know, I think it'd be pretty cool if they did something. And for those people who thought that this might, although the majority, the people who thought that this might be the third generation SX, think again. In other news, Ford has announced the new Ford Mustang Dark Horse is the king of new pony cars. According to Road & Track, the 2023 Mustang. Let me look at Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, and see what he had to say. So according to Matt, the moderator, as I'm sure you've heard, this is from him off of uh, off of Instagram, I'm, as I'm sure you heard, the new Mustang has a configurable dash where you can choose to have the gauges mimic the Fox Body Mustang gauges. That's cool. To take a modern car and kind of give it that throwback analog look. Some other things about the Ford Mustang. Uh, Ford Mustang, Dark Horse, Headlines, New Range, Auto Express. 
So according to Auto Express, an article by Alistair Crooks, I wonder if this is the same Alistair who was with, like, uh, I don't know, one of those other major publications. The iconic pony car boasts next-generation 5.0-liter V8 and offers more performance, plus upgraded interior technology and extra style. Upgraded interior technology, of course, is the dash that the motorator, Matt, was talking about. It's still a 5.0. It's still a V8. Uh, people have to love that. A lot of people are kind of dogging it, saying it looks like a Camaro. But a lot of these muscle cars look very similar. I kind of think it looks pretty cool, but I've kind of always liked the Mustang the way it looked, except for the kind of roundish 4.6 liter of like, I think the, the late nineties, but the rest of them kind of look cool. Let's see what this has. With the fastback proportions remain, the car's design details are much sharper with slimmer LED headlights hooded by the aggressive bon bonnet. That's, that's hood for people outside of the U.S. Dual air inducts, dual air intakes, the front grille to improve performance, and aggressive 19-inch multi-spoke alloy wheels that hide Brembo brakes as part of the standard fit performance pack. I think it kind of looks like the, the Bugatti Chiron? Chiron? I never know how to say it. But the headlights are kind of like this long, slender rectangle broken up by a bunch of smaller rectangles. I think it looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. Let's see what else this thing has. A customizable 12.4-inch digital dash is joined by a seamless 13.2-inch central panel running Ford's Sync 4 Infotainment Center. According to Craig Sandvig at Ford, we're taking advantage of every pixel. The result is the most digital Mustang ever. While removing physical buttons for the radio and climate controls, people will complain. I would complain about that. It's created such a newer look, cleaner look for the fascia. Tech includes Apple CarPlay and Android Auto capability, plus phone charging, over-the-air software compatibility, and a 12-speaker B&O stereo. This next-generation V8, 5.0-liter V8 should provide suitable competition to that stereo. Da, 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 no one cares. Uh, an output of more than 400 base horsepower and 500 foot of torque. That's not bad. I could blow it away, the NSX, but this thing probably doesn't cost $170,000 either. The new car is available with either a six-speed manual transmission or a 10-speed automatic with both gearboxes sending drive to the rear wheels. A rev matching function of the six-speed manual car is standard on Mustang GT models. The Integra Type R also has the rev matching. I don't know. I think this is kind of cool. Like, what are your thoughts? Heartbrokenpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know. I think it's kind of cool. And that is the car news. I want to thank Right Honda and Right Toyota, Scottsdale, Arizona, fourwheelonline.com, South Shop Wireless Services, Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals. Can't forget Patreon Business Support of Cuyah Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction of Caledonia, Michigan, and Big House, Small Home Design, Ashford, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreons for as little as a month and get access as well as show swag when I have it. Shout out to Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Gamina, and Drew Bunkley. If you're interested, if you are interested in picking up a hard parking podcast shirt, I still have them. I keep telling you, no one's ordering these shirts. I don't know what to do. I make them. You should order them. 
Follow me on Instagram at jfinning, that's J-H-A-E-P-F-E-N-N-I-N-G, or jtravels, J-H-A-E underscore travels. Go to jtravels, check out my highlight reel from my recently deceased dog, Izzy. I started making this thing four or five years ago at least, and I've kind of gone through over the years and got rid of some because Instagram has this thing where it like you can only put so many on each reel, or I'm sorry, on each uh, highlight, so you have to kind of gut them out. But start to finish, it's it. No more, no more of those highlight reels for Izzy. I made enough room to put the final ones for him on there. Um, rest in peace. You know, he's a dog. To me, he was one of my best friends. I loved him so much. Like, I was his human. But he, who knows? I mean, we don't know inside. We, we think dogs love us, but I think there was like a, a book or some report where they just, I, I don't know. I don't know how you know one way or the other, but as long as you can feel it, then you believe it. And if you believe it, that's all we need. You know, kind of like religion. Coming up in the next few weeks, we're going to have hopefully El Victoria, which is Heels and Clutch, and Mike Keys. Mike Keys stopped by the studio. He was in the studio as a guest, as a third-party guest, a few months ago when he had AJ, when we had AJ Shibotovsky after we did the, uh, the Through the Lens event. He was kind of sitting in the background just begging to get on the mic, and uh, that was a great conversation. A great kid. God, 22. Uh, you guys are going to really appreciate that one. He's super smart. He's super motivated. And a lot of people his age are not motivated. A lot of them are smart. But they're not as motivated as him, so I think you're going to enjoy that when I have it. Whenever I release that episode, which should be like probably next week. I can't grow like you're telling the world how good this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Make sure you tell a friend about this show. I need this show to grow. We need this show to grow. I'll talk to you all next week. Rest in peace, Izzy, Mr. Waggles, Staff Sergeant Etho, Lieutenant Commander Etho, Mr. Wee, LT, Poo Poo. I used to always tell him. We're friends, you and me. God, I miss that dog. I'll talk to you next week. Shut up! (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that.